0: Hi, this is 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication. I'm Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel. A few months ago, I decided to conduct an informal survey. I'd begun thinking about the relationships between health literacy research and practice. Since I sometimes get to talk with physicians one-on-one, I decided to ask the next few physicians I encountered a simple question. When you hear the phrase health literacy, what does it mean to you? I thought their answers would be varied, and they were. I want to share one with you today and unpack it in a way I hope will be helpful. Welcome to 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication with Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel. Providing you with tips and strategies you can use to improve your patient engagement. So I asked one physician, when you hear the phrase health literacy, what does it mean to you? And here is the unedited response. Health literacy is how literate the patient is with healthcare issues. Some people who are pretty smart aren't health literate, and some people who are not so bright are health literate. People reading and having interest in their bodies. Some people are disconnected from their bodies. And each person's ability to understand what you're telling them, the language that you use, Sometimes there's an imbalance in the language you use and the language they use. Wow, there's quite a lot in this physician's statement, more than I can get into in 10 minutes. But I want to draw attention to two particular phrases in this response. Some people who are pretty smart aren't health literate, and some people who are not so bright are health literate. Now, I don't know about you, but I've noticed that some of the ways health literacy gets talked about especially in popular media, seems to imply pretty heavily that health literacy is a function of formal education. Like, the more years in school you have, the greater your chance of doing health literacy right. What's worse is when education acts as a polite proxy for intelligence. Now, in some circles, the penny has dropped that health literacy is not related to education. For instance, because someone is very highly educated, doesn't mean they magically have all the information they need to deal with their health situation. Nor does it mean they, let's say, know the difference between similar-sounding medical terms. We do everyone a disservice when we treat health literacy as connected to education or some perception of intelligence. And then there's the phrase, sometimes there's an imbalance in the language you use and the language they use. There's an imbalance, to be sure. How this imbalance is understood shapes how it's addressed. Now, you know, language is two-way, right? Conversations are dialogues, not monologues. When we begin looking at language in use by actual people with real lives, those lives that they bring with them into real health-related conversations that happen in specific healthcare contexts, it gets even more complicated. What would it be like if we conceptualized, researched, and acted on health literacy in ways that addressed these issues, in ways that disentangle health literacy from education or intelligence, in ways that are about the language patients use and the language that gets used on them in real life when their health is the topic? Well, fortunately, this work is already being done. And I'm going to tell you about three empirical studies. Each of these studies shares the goal of advancing people's health literacy. They all pursue this goal by researching language in use in everyday environments, you know, in real life. The links to these studies are in the show notes. I'm not involved in any of these studies. I don't have anything to do with them except for I'm a fan. So first off, and I'm going just chronologically. In 2008, Pappen and Walters published one of many papers off a three-year study of adults in the northwest of England, and these adults were in adult literacy learning programs. And this was about these people's experiences with language and literacy around issues of their health and their encounters with providers and experiences in the national health system. And in their report, there were many reports um, written off this lengthy study, Pappen and Walters explained that, quote, Another way of looking at health literacy, and literacy more generally, is to think of it as social practices, as activities which are always embedded in specific situations and contexts, and whose actual shape and meaning can only be understood within these contexts. Quote. They, quote, looked beyond patients' ability to make sense of certain words or follow instructions, we have tried to understand the broader context of their experience as patients and more generally as people being ill. End quote. Their research report describes the many literacy, language, and numeracy demands placed upon people in healthcare settings. The demands of having to read, write, or act upon specific health texts. They document how their participants took up and made sense of health related information. They analyze how their participants found out about the health matters that concerned them. They find, quote, the people in our study drew on a broad range of strategies and skills, allowing them to access health information and make sense of their experiences. A second study is Hunter and Franken in 2012. They explicitly build on Papen and Walter's definition, adding that, quote, while skills are clearly important, they are inadequate. Conceptualizing health literacy in use. End quote. Hunter and Franken were involved in another lengthy study called the Health Literacy Project in the Midlands region of New Zealand. The authors say We proposed a broad research approach to investigating health literacy, which included not only healthcare information texts, but also health practitioners who provide and disseminate healthcare information and patients who are the users of that information. Now, again, there are multiple papers off this long-term project, and I'm talking here about one paper from phase one that looked, as Papan and Walters had, at the literacy demands placed on patients through medical texts. Hunter and Franken found that, quote, the language and content of health information documents favor white, middle-class, educated patients who are predisposed to comply with medical advice, end quote, and that they, quote, minimally acknowledge New Zealand's population diversity. Hmm, kind of reinforcing that imbalance mentioned by the physician I spoke with among certain parts of the population. Maricel Santos and colleagues were interested in health literacy as skill and social practice, They studied adults in a course for English for Speakers of Other Languages in California as part of a four-year project called the ESL Diabetes Prevention Project. Similar to the other two studies, they were interested in what people's actual experiences were around language when it came to their health, what they did in terms of language use, the challenges they faced, and how they managed the authors gave special attention to, quote, the mechanisms by which social interaction and social support facilitate health literacy outcomes in ESL contexts. Once they understood some of these, they designed and piloted a health literacy intervention which had a positive impact on their participants. Quote, the classroom pilot data provided some insight into the promise of a social view in health literacy intervention studies, one that does not reject the importance of cognitive skills, but situates them in a broader, multilayered, and perhaps more accurate understanding of the way adults actually go about learning to be more literate in our society and our health care system. By expanding this characterization of health literacy beyond reading and writing skills, researchers have helped us appreciate the many ways health and literacy are practiced, understood, and navigated in people's everyday lives, not just as individual cognition, but as social processes as well. We become aware of the resources of individuals and groups when we treat people as actors and not just acted upon, but we do not want to get carried away from the very real structural factors that limit access and maintain inequality and the uncomfortable fact that some of this happens through our everyday language use. So this is, in part, about the power of language to reinscribe inequality. What can you do? Here are some implications for everyday practice. Start where your patients are. With what they are already reading, writing, and doing to be healthy. Reflect on your own professional language use. If high health literacy is even a thing, arguably healthcare providers have it. How are you doing with maintaining that imbalance between you and them? As a physician quoted in the beginning is well aware, health literacy is complex, but tools and resources exist to address this complexity, and you don't have to be a researcher to use them. If you're interested in taking your language use seriously, why not start with your metaphors? I've written a workshop for you, shows you how to break down your metaphors, understand their cognitive and affective aspects, and evaluate them in use. And it's right on healthcommunicationpartners.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel, and this has been 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication.